so hello, uh, hello everyone. Today is uh, Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. And this is Tell Me About Your Tech Job, the podcast I am doing uh, for the iTech 350 Real World IT Seminar class this summer at Southern Illinois University, the Information Technology Program. And today we have uh, a friend of mine, um, somebody who I got to work closely with for a few years while she was studying here at SIU and also became really good friends with her, her husband, wasn't husband at the time, but um, uh, just both really great, great people. And Elnaz has um, gotten a job where she's worked for five, five years now and, and, and relocated from Illinois to Austin. And we'll let her tell us about that. But um, Elnaz, um, just give us a, a, a quick introduction, who you are, what do you like to do for fun? Tell us about yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Elnaz, and I'm originally from uh, Iran. I've been in the uh, U.S. about 10 years now. I moved to study my graduate uh, studies so at Southern Illinois University. So right now I live in Austin, Texas, dealing with the heat <laughs> over here. And uh, I'm vegan, and uh, I love uh, self-defense, Krav Maga, uh, workout so I'm going six days a week six days a week to the gym to practice that um, and I'm still my link my English has improved a lot but uh, it's still my second language so there are st still funny mistakes that I make uh, so you may see some of them even during this session so don't worry if you want you wanted to laugh at those mistakes I will laugh with you <laughs> okay, I don't think we have to worry about that. You you sound perfect. Um, so we're going to talk about what you do currently. But first of all, um, going back, have you always been interested in technology? I was actually during my uh, bachelor's degree studies. It's growing, growing me a lot. So yes, I always like that. And your your bachelor's degree, you got back home in Iran. And, and what was that degree? What, what did you study or what was your focus on? It was called actually software engineering. So back then, basically, I learned a lot of things, both software and hardware, like computer art architecture, things like that. Uh, but it was mainly pro programming. So by that time, uh, which I graduated in 2008, so it was a long time ago, uh, I mainly studied C and Pascal at that time it was Pascal so I learned programming with those and also I just started to know uh, .NET programming by the time that I was graduating and then it was six years uh, delay till I started started my graduate studies during those six, six years I was working. And what kind of things did you do while you were working where, where did you work what kind of company and what what were your roles and responsibilities what kind of technology did you work for there, and, and this was back home in Iran still, correct? Right. So it was, I uh, started to work with uh, some uh, HTML and CSS for a company that designed websites in Photoshop. And I started basically put them into CSS formatting. So that was my very first job. And then uh, I did a little bit animating with Adobe Flash, uh, just I like art, so I consider it as art. Uh, it was very short time, but then after that, mainly I was working, you know, designing networks for the subway stations. Uh, it was a telecommunication uh, company, so I was just helping them to put the networking for the uh, CCTVs and security cameras, things like that. And this was a big subway, um, subway infrastructure, subway. Uh, what, would, what would the word be? Subway system. Uh, was this what? What was this in Tehran or? Yes, it was in Tehran and I had to design it per station. So how many cameras do we need? How many uh, CCTVs? And based on that, how to connect them. So it was mainly designing and advising, basically a kind of consultant type of job. Okay. And we haven't talked about here working in the U.S., but what is, what is the tech seen like in in iran is it different in than in the united states is is it 
is the barrier to get into tech jobs different? What's what what do you have you what do you what do you reflect back on and, and how was it working back there um, compared to the United States? So uh, I would say uh, over here is they are a lot advanced, a lot more advanced so than in Iran. So and uh, there is always improvements over here. So you don't basically do the repeated job, even if you're with the same company for several years. Right now, for example, I've been working for five years. I've never doing the same thing. It's I had to improve. So because the technology is improving pretty fast. But in Iran, it wasn't really like that. During those years that I was wor working, I just felt it's repeated job. So they are not really moving fast. But and also they are you hear about the latest uh, technology, but nobody really are practicing them. It takes a few years, you know, being third world countries kind of like that. So it, it takes them several years to catch up with the technology. And, and does some of the export restrictions um, play into the, the kind of the delay in technology arriving over there? Is that part of it? Uh, it is. Yes. And. You know, uh, the government and, you know, the budget, all these type of stuff doesn't really help. Okay. So it's a little bit harder and they are not really as organized as all the companies and systems are over here. Okay. Um, so you, you spent some time, you did some neat stuff over back, back home. And um, I got to meet you um, when you made the decision to to come to SIU. How did you decide to choose? How did how did you choose Southern Illinois University of all the places in the U.S. to come and study computer science? Yeah, for, for graduate degree. Correct. So first of all, I definitely needed funding. So I needed to get an admission which provides funding for me because of the exchange rate being really high. It was almost impossible for me to pay for my studies. So I choose the, among the few universities that I knew they provide funding, especially for master's degree, which usually is for PhD students. So uh, I had a friend, uh, Nassim, who is your, fr your friend too. So uh, she, at, the, at that time, she was a graduate assistant uh, working with Tom. So uh, she, was being, she was graduating, so her position was being opened. So I got the admission from SIU, but it was without funding, but turning out, you know, finding this position, be a graduate assistant for Tom. So I was able to get the funding. So I had an admission for PhD as well, PhD direct from a New Hampshire university, but they didn't have funding. So I, I would rather to go for the PhD studies, but uh, the funding was uh, the major problem. But uh, because of that, I decided to come to SIU, which I don't regret it because uh, I think the master degree serves pretty good for the computer science for me. Awesome. And, and just to, to go back a little bit further. So I have been teaching at SIU since uh, fall 2008, and I had the opportunity to be um, introduced to Nassim, um, I think via probably a Skype or a Zoom call or something before she came over to be a graduate assistant and, and talked to her. I needed somebody to help with our, our NetLab system doing virtualization and help with our hardware and labs and things like that. Um, Nassim came over and, and worked for me for two years, maybe two and a half years. Um, we, we then had Elnaz uh, who, who came over and worked and she was pretty much the the go-to person. She was our, our NetLab expert. Um, and, and whenever we had things that needed to be done that were, um, you know, new technology um, or new uh, ways of doing things with the VMware system that runs behind there, Elnaz picked it up and ran with it and, and, and made it work. Um, she also, um, in addition to that, taught some classes for us. So you taught a Linux class? Correct. And you taught, did you teach a programming class? I can't remember. It was uh, SQL, I, I think. SQL okay. okay. So she was teaching uh, I, I, IST uh, students at the time as well, which, which was kind of unique because we didn't, um, we didn't have very many, if, if any, graduate assistants that, um, that we had teaching. So it was a cool opportunity to get somebody to, to get that experience and get, get somebody we trusted and knew could do it. Um, 
and and I'll say another thing through through Elnaz and through Nassim, both from Iran, um, I had the opportunity to meet uh, two other graduate assistants who worked for me, Hamid and his little brother uh, Majid. Um, and I have to say, just you you folks, uh, my friends from Iran, my Persian friends are some of the kindest, um, most generous people I've ever met. And I tell everybody, um, you know, whenever whenever I, I mention any of you that fact. Um, so. So it's been it's been a great pleasure getting to to know all you and and now this is even cooler because I get to see and talk to you about what you are doing and what you've done all the successes you've had since um, since leaving SIU and it's important for everybody to understand kind of the 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 challenges I think that that international students um, deal with when when coming to America to to teach or to to to, to go to school and then after that to find employment. Um, the funding thing is, is, is huge. You know, SIU has a, a large amount of international students and um, the ability for SIU to provide graduate assistantships, which basically pays for tuition as long as, as well as some, um, uh, you know, living expenses um, is something that um, we were, fortunate, very fortunate to be able to do for, for quite a long period of time. And, and I'll be honest, since, since, uh, since you guys left, I've had a few other uh, graduate assistants, but, but no one near as capable and reliable as, as you and Nassim and, and Hamid. Um, but, but, you know, I'll, 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 I'll leave it at that. You guys are great. Um, so you got your degree in computer science from SIU. Um, and with, with graduate studies in, in these kind of traditional hard science type areas like computer science, you are responsible for, for doing a thesis. You've got to create your own kind of research agenda, working with a, a faculty member, a, a professor, um, and, and you've, got to, you've got to work on a project for a year or two. Um, write a big paper and, and basically conduct original research, build something that hasn't been done before to solve a problem. Would you like to talk just a little bit about what you did for your thesis? Sure. And I so, remember sitting there in the room as you, as you went and you presented it, which was awesome. So tell us just a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. So my, uh, during my graduate studies, uh, mainly my focus was in machine learning and AI, anything or specifically working with data and data science. So my thesis was about that too. So I took a, a sample data from Facebook. So uh, about Facebook checking data. So uh, I needed to design an algorithm to predict, basically get the checking data from Facebook all, for all the users that already have uh, put the check-ins and then predict the future check-ins. So which, which location would have the highest number of check-in, for example, on a certain date or a certain time. So of, of course this data was coded. So I, it wasn't a, it was a real data, but it was coded. I didn't know who it belonged to, but um, yeah, I, I create that prediction model, but the major part of this uh, this uh, pro this project basically was uh, to clean the data because the data was so messy because people don't check in the exact location, so it might be a few miles away from that place. So we call it noisy data. So uh, the main part of this project was uh, finding a good technique to clean this data. So then to be able to create that prediction al algorithm. So I came, came up with a unique solution for that that worked very well for the location-based data. So uh, in, uh, it, that was my thesis, which I uh, published it as a paper as well uh, in a conference. Uh, yeah, that was it. And so when you talk about the, the noisy data, like if I go to uh, an amusement park in St. Louis this weekend, but when I come home on Monday and I pick all my pictures and I put them up there and then on Monday I check in at that post and say, I'm at, I'm at uh, uh, Six Flags St. Louis, but really I'm here in Carbondale. That's the kind of noisy data that you were working to try to figure out how to fix? Yes, that's part of it. Uh, and also, you know, uh, imagine you you want to go to that specific zoo in the uh, 
St. Louis, but as soon as you enter to St. Louis, you may check in. So it is in St. Louis, but St. Louis is a very big place. So uh, you need to first somehow put them in the category, correct that location data first. And then, uh, and it's, it was, I, I think it was about 20 million records that I was working with. Wow. Uh, so you need to find a way that works fast. So the algorithm can run on it, uh, run it, which I was at that time I was using big dog. If I uh, remember the name correctly, that SIU was providing, uh, the servers that, uh, could process it very fast for me, but the, uh, still the approach the mathematical approach should be should make sense and be applicable for such a large amount of data and the big dog if if you aren't familiar um is a high performance computing cluster that siu the um, office of uh, cyber infrastructure and research i think is what it's called um they they have this cluster and it's been upgraded over the years but it was uh like a cluster of like 48 different servers all controlled by a head unit and and people on campus that wanted to do um, research, crunching large data sets and using high performance, um, you know, ta- uh, require that required high performance could re- would would request to have access and then you'd get scheduled and you could throw your data up there, run some some jobs on it and it would turn away using a, a selection of those 48 or however many computers to to work in, in tandem to, to solve the problem or to, to, to analyze the data that you had had, uh, had worked with. Um, so a, a pretty neat um, research tool that's available and NSIU has really ran with that by, in, by upgrading it. Um, one of our other friends, Majid, uh, he worked directly with, um, <clears throat> with that group. I know he was very much a part of the team that that supported and, and worked with uh, faculty and researchers across campus to, to continue to use the, the big dog cluster. Um, so neat stuff. And when people talk about you know, research and SIU being a research institution, a Carnegie Mellon ranked research institution, you know, those are the types of things that people are doing. Um, and, and the big dog cluster, this is it, uh, another neat fact is it's not just being used for computer science and engineering. Um, people like doing like genomic research with tons and tons of data on like DNA or um, you know other types of large like meteorological data and things like that. Researchers not from traditional you know computing um, disciplines can can use that resource with some help and they can run that their their analysis or their simulations on their data to to generate you know research results and and publish based on that um i've even had a friend who who has been uh trying to get to use it for um rendering large video files and and doing um ginormous kind of uh more in the the realm of art um projects on on big dog so it's it's neat um and a good opportunity for students to have, because I don't know if other universities have that direct access for students to have to such a powerful tool. Um, but but let's let's fast forward. So so you are getting ready to graduate uh, with your master's degree. You've been helping us, helping me in the IT, iTech, IST program, supporting the net labs, doing all our VMware troubleshooting and upgrades and managing users and then teaching classes. And then you're about to get your degree and, and talk about what it's like um, when you were about to get the degree and, and going out um, as an international student, um, what was it like trying to find uh, that job um, out of uh, your, your graduation after you graduated? Sure. So uh, after uh, we graduate as international students, we uh, we have a, an opportunity to work for two years on a uh, on a specific uh, program that is called OPT that USCIS uh, provide to us. So uh, most of the students need to find a job right after their graduation. They have if they find a job with a special specific companies that they call it E verified. So that USCIS accept accept them. So then we work with them and we have these two years, basically that company 
uh, apply either for H-1 visa for us to continue work or, uh, or green card. The best case scenario is uh, having a green card. So uh, it's, a, it's very frustrating because uh, we cannot really extend our uh, graduation uh, for a long time, uh, especially because our working uh, as a graduate assistant uh, is very limited too at SIU. So at, during that time, we cannot work. Uh, we cannot work outside the, uh, the university as well. So still ex our expenses is there. Uh, so we need to find a job as soon as possible. And there is, uh, while we're looking for a job, there are some limitations too. So first, finding an E-Verify company. Secondly, there are many companies, great companies that uh, they just uh, don't work with OPT. Like I remember Boeing was one of them that came to SIU uh, job fair. They only give their job to people who already have the green card or they are citizen. So many companies want to work with OPT people. So that was another challenge. So, uh, but for me, it worked very well because uh, in one of the job fairs, probably a year before uh, I graduate, I just turned my resume to uh, some of those companies that came to the job fair at SIU. So MDocs was one of those companies, which I barely even could remember that I turned uh, my resume. So uh, I was working on my thesis, still not graduated. They reached out to me. And they said, uh, if I, they, they were asking if I want to uh, do an interview with them. They were located in Champaign, Illinois. So I wasn't thinking to move to Champaign. I was thinking to go probably to a bigger city, but uh, they asked me for an interview. And I thought it's a, it's a great, uh, great opportunity. First of all, uh, I, don't, I won't go through all those stresses and finding the right company and also the time limit that I had after my graduation. And also if, if things were not really good, it's a good experience for me to do a real interview with a company, I gain experience. So I, uh, I accepted the interview. So uh, I did the interview, it went very well. And uh, they, uh, they pretty, pretty soon, probably within a week, they, uh, they gave me the offer and uh, uh, it was actually a very good offer too. So it was higher than uh, the, the, the salary was higher than what my, most of my friends started uh, with their company. So it was pretty tempting. So <laughs> I wasn't uh, graduated yet. So I had to work really hard on my thesis uh, and write it down. So I meet the deadline that I need to turn it in because the company was not going to wait for a long time. So that one went well, uh, but at the same time, I needed to apply for my OPT, the work authorization, which during that time, actually when I got this offer exactly a day after that, I don't, I don't know, it was the one day after that or the same day, which I was still thinking about to reply to them. The travel, uh, travel ban situation happened during uh, President Trump. So uh, that happened. So USCIS basically, they stopped everything for all the people from those nationalities, including Iran. So I was just so panicked. I said, oh my gosh, now they are not going to process my application. So uh, uh, I, I accepted the offer and immediately turned my OPT application. Uh, it took a little bit longer than what we expected. But I think it took about 90 days, exactly 90 days. And thankfully, Amdocs was willing to wait for me during those times till I get my work permission. And I got it right after the, the 90 days. So and I started right after that. Everything worked very well, but very stressful. Very stressful because you, you know, if, if things don't go right and you don't find a company that's willing to um, work with you for the OPT and is it six months that you have after graduation? Yes. Six months. So you get six months after graduation to stay here in the United States legally working to work, trying to get that that OPT uh, job offer lined up. Um, and, and if you don't, you've got to go back home, correct? Exactly. And, and so that's, uh, you know, and especially back during that time, there were some, you know, tense, stressful situations uh, between our two countries, unfortunately. And 
um, and, and it worked out and it worked out for you. But I, I know of other friends who, who had a little bit more difficult of a time um, finding employment. And, and I know other um, instances of, of SIU grads and other grads who, who couldn't get that OPT. And so they had to return home, um, which, you know, was, was definitely not in their plans. So, so you got a good opportunity and, and that I think speaks to, you know, um, the quality of the, of, of you as a, as a candidate, um, you know, they are kind of, um, you know, they, they saw something in you and they said, we want Elnaz to work for us. And we don't, you know, we don't care if we have to do this little bit of, or this, this extra work um, to get her. And, and, and they did. And, and, you know, and that's, that's, I think even more common now from what I hear, um, because even since, you know, you, you started working there, you said 2017. Right. And, and the job growth has, has exploded since then, you know, there are so many job opportunities, um, all across this, this nation and all sorts of industry and technology. Um, so, so the landscape, I guess, for, for international graduates and, and finding good opportunities is, is maybe, maybe a little better now. Yes. Okay. Probably. Yes. I right. a lot of my uh, friends um, uh, get their green card through their jobs too. Okay, cool. So separately, um, while you're here on campus, you, you happen to, to meet this nice guy named Ryan who uh, teaches, was, was teaching exercise classes at the rec and you guys fall in love and get married, which, which was fantastic. So um, it was cool, you know, to, to meet both of you because Elnaz actually introduced me to, to Ryan and, and Ryan and I, uh, he was a personal trainer for me for a little while as a, as kind of a favor, um, which was really neat. So I got to, I got to, to, to be there and, and celebrate with you guys. Um, and, and then, um, and that was really cool, but, but back to, uh, back to Amdoc. So you got your, your offer and then do you re relocate to Champaign? Yes, I went to Champagne, but at that time, Ryan was still working on his studies in Carbondale. So every weekend I had to drive back from Champagne to Carbondale. Uh, it was a while till he graduated. Yep, and for those that don't know, three hour drive uh, just up Interstate 57. It's pretty boring of a drive, um, but, at, but, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so when you started at Amdocs, what kind of stuff were you doing? Uh, what was the role you were hired into? The role was called a uh, software support engineer. And uh, basically, uh, let me give a, a little bit detail about MDOCs, what they are. Great. Uh, actually, you know, uh, they are in the telecommunication uh, industry. So uh, many, whenever you go to a store like AT&T, uh, Cricket, I don't know, any of them, they, in the um, agents who come with a tablet and they ask you, what do you want to do? Add a line to your plan or uh, buy a new phone, anything. That tablet that is uh, the app that is running in there, it's owned by Amdocs. And basically all telecommunication companies except Verizon, almost all the major ones are Amdocs customer. So they're using uh, their platform basically. So um, I specifically was working with US Cellular, uh, their customer. So uh, what I was doing was basically check that software, which this software had different versions. So one of them, uh, they call it SIM, which was when people, when, when customers were calling uh, to the carrier, if they had any problem, there was RIM, which was in the store, basically for retail. And um, they had some other, now they have a web version of it too. So if people want to make the changes online, so there are different uh, versions of that. So uh, at, I was specifically working with any issue that the customer service people who are using this application, if they would face sometimes data issue, sometimes uh, really application issues. So in order to, they, they write the ticket, send it to MDOCs, and then uh, our tier one level uh, people that try to fix it. If they couldn't, they send it to us as software support engineers. So uh, I mainly had to uh, 
dig into the database, like the query database to find out what's the issue. So, or if sometimes a customer become delinquent, although they have paid sometimes, you know, billing issue, anything like that, dig into that. And if we needed to make any improvement to our software, I would uh, initiate basically that process with the development team. So, and at the same time, uh, we needed to check the servers because all these software were running on the servers. So sometimes uh, our server was crashing. We need to uh, monitor them and they were really, uh, they needed attention immediately. So that was what I started to uh, work on at Andox. So, okay. So if I am, uh, I'm a Cricket wireless customer. And so if I go and I try to upgrade my phone using the app, um, that app is an Amdocs product, and 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 if I get some sort of glitch or something like like it says you haven't uh, you know you haven't you 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 don't have a, an upgrade for another five weeks, and I'm like, well, no, that's incorrect. The customer service person from Cricket would then initiate a request that goes to Amdocs to try to investigate where that problem is, and and that request would go to a, a software support engineer like you. That's correct. Uh, however, before it comes to Amdocs, it's still they have their, uh, Cricket has their own special team try to fix it. If they can't, then it comes to Amdocs. Okay, because probably whenever Cricket has to escalate something to Amdocs, it's probably costing Cricket a little extra money. Correct. So if they can fix something easier in-house with their people, then they're going to do that before, you know, going on to the, uh, uh, the, the experts, the, the vendor who supplies it. Um, yeah. So you're dealing with all sorts of different types of, of product issues. And like you said, servers, data, um, anything really. And so were, did, it, did it come to you being kind of like the owner of that problem? And then you would check with this group or check with that group, check with the server people, check with the operating system people, check with the coders, check with the database and then do whatever else you can that you have access and the tools and, and, and ability to do and kind of just oversee that problem as it, as it worked through you know, the, the fixing process um, and then respond to that customer with, with the results? Uh, actually, or? the team that are ahead of us, they get the tickets first. They try to do that job that you described. So okay. when, uh, when they recognize it's a data issue specifically or server, it's a really technical issue rather than <clears throat> sometimes it's the user issue. User doesn't know how to fix it very well. Then they send it to us and 99% of the time we are able to fix it. So it's just by seeing it and knowing the application very well so we can fix it but there are still 1% of the time that we can't. There is another team ahead, uh, which is the development team who wrote the code. Then, then on, on those cases, we send it to them and they fix it. So, but there isn't anything after that. Okay. We call it tier one, tier two, and tier three. Okay, so you're in the tier two? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so so you, you're working that job and... Um... How long do you do that while you're in Champagne? Uh, I think it was three years. I did it in Champagne, and then uh, then my husband got a job at Austin, Texas. So he had to move. Uh, then I had to go and talk with my manager and said, "I I have been doing this long to uh, long distance relationship. Basically, I can I don't want to do that again." So. Would you accept me working remotely? And thankfully they accepted that. So I was able to move with him to Austin in January, 2020. So right before COVID hit basically. And I started moving, uh, I started working for them for about three or four months uh, in the same role basically. But then uh, my uh, the customer account, US Cellular, who I was working with, um, they they needed a different they needed Amdocs for, to help them for some automations, which is what I'm currently doing. Since then, I'm I'm just working with them directly to automate some of their uh, daily tasks. Okay, and and automation is something we've heard from a lot of people. Um, how big automation is in in the 
tech field today and just how much um, well, what are the, what are, can you, can you talk about like what you automate? Like, what is it that they're working to automate? Sure. So they, this team basically are the, the team who define all the rules uh, for the, for the database, like for example, promotions, who, which customers are eligible for, for the promotions, okay. which customers need to get a special discounts, a lot of rules like that. So all of these, the business team designed that and say, okay, we want to give, give, for example, 10% discount to all veterans, for example. They, they decide that they put it uh, in their Excel sheets with all the details of each promotion, exactly which devices, everything like that, send it uh, to our uh, the second team, which is called Revenue Assurance, which is our team. So we need to go through all these uh, data and make sure it's valid. What they are requesting is not against the other rules that we have in the database. So, and it's uh, applicable really. And when we verify it, send it to the third team, which applied into the database. So I am in the revenue assurance. So the, the verification that they need to do, it's a lot of data, a lot of Excel forms that they need to check all these uh, tabs and with the, all the data in these sheets. So which was doing, all of them was uh, being done manually. So they they asked Amdocs to help them. So I joined, I, I had to first do them manually to realize what they are going through. To see what the and, problem was. Yes, and it was painful as I would never <laughs> like that. So then I started at that time, uh, I didn't know anything about macros. I don't know if you have heard about Excel macros. Uh, within Excel, there is a, a programming language which is, which is called VBA. Basically, it's Visual Basic. So you can go and anything that you do in uh, Excel, like clicking something or changing a cell or checking a formula or something, all of this, you can turn it into a code and then design a button for it by clicking a button, basically take care of all those tasks. So some of them are very simple. So you can just like uh, exactly the examples that I said, clicking, things like that. But sometimes you need to do a lot of logics that a human need to, for example, let me give you, give you an example. For example, uh, like the smart, if they are adding a smartphone, a new smartphone, new Apple has come. So the smartphones can be financed, for example, uh, 24 months or 36 months. They don't have 12 months finance for it. So when they submit it, they need to make sure if it's a smartphone has only these two finance. So this is a human thing that they needed to make sure if it's a smartphone, just has these two. But now you can code it into VBA basically for the data data. It checks it and makes sure if it is a smartphone, it's exactly these two finance, for example. So uh, basically I did, uh, I'm going through all these form one by one and automate everything that they are manually checking basically by clicking the, this button, it checks it and it, if it finds any mistakes, it generates a log file and inform them and then they can go and manually just fix that. Okay. And so the benefits of automation would be what? With, with what, are, what what are you making better by doing this? And First of all, time. So they, these requests are getting higher and higher uh, because the industry, does, they don't want to be behind of their competitors. If they are offering some promotions, they want to do it too. So first, uh, speed. And second, human error. So some of the things their eye cannot catch, macro definitely always check that. These are the two main things I, I can think of. Okay, and so these these data sets are are probably really large. I mean, you're talking a spreadsheet with thousands and thousands of of lines and columns. Uh, not no, some of them are like that, but uh, most of them are, uh, for example, ten tabs, but they all are related. So if okay. in this tab we have this data, then the second tab should look like this. And these if conditions are a lot, maybe. 15 condition for just first tab and then you come to the second tab another 15 condition different condition basically my code if you look into my code is a lot of if thens and which has a lot of if thens in their else statement basically gotcha okay so i mean so you're you're taking it to where somebody would manually look at these things and 
tweak them with their spreadsheets. Here I'm, I'm typing, you know, clicking and tweak that type of stuff. And now all of a sudden you've made a button that they can click and it makes it fast and it makes it accurate. Correct. Awesome. Um, and so what, so you said VBA um, and, and are you, are you working with any like uh, SQL or anything like that currently? Uh, I do individually, not within the Excel. Okay. Sometimes to, to write my code, uh, I need to know what data is in database based on that decide. So I write the SQL and export the result into Excel form and feed it to my code in Excel as a reference, basically. Okay. So anything under the sun within the, within the realm of the, um, re was it revenue assurance? Right. Um, that that they want to improve, they go and, and you help them um, find solutions by by automating with code. Uh, mainly is taking those repeated tasks, even in okay. the business team when they are when they are asking putting their information in our templates. Uh, sometimes uh, it's a lot of data that they need to put, put like all the features of a phone, a new phone that has come, they want to take those repeated tasks. So I can, uh, they ask me basically by clicking a button, they, it just auto field for them. So okay. things like that. And, and that's something that benefits the customer because they're getting the most up-to-date uh, info about that smartphone that maybe just came out um, and it's accurate and uh, it's available sooner because of the, the work that you do. That's correct. Cool. Um, so is, what, what does your, your, your day look like? Do you have a lot of meetings? Um, do you meet with the customer regularly? Do you, are you part of a large team? Um, what, what's, the, what's the day like in your, uh, your professional life? Uh, we have a lot of uh, meetings uh, just to get the idea of what's going on in the indus industry. Uh, I personally am not uh, forced to participate in all of them because when I'm doing the coding, uh, it's better that I concentrate and not be distracted. So they gave me the, that permission. So if I had time and I, if I wanted to go to those meetings, but sometimes the uh, people who are using these macros and the codes that I created, they face some issues, maybe some exceptions that when I was developing the code, I didn't consider. So then they arrange a certain uh, meeting with me. I have to go in them to fix uh, their problem. But my daily basically is in the morning, I just wake up and uh, turn on the computer, start coding. And uh, when I go, when I'm doing the coding, I don't even realize how time passes. Okay. So I, I enjoy it. I, I really love that. It's just like uh, uh, making a puzzle, basically. Next to each other. And they gave me, basically, I can define my de the deadline myself. I say, okay, this is the deadline. I can create this form. So one day, maybe I put the, all my effort, even stay extra hours. My, my, one day, maybe I don't work really during one hour during the day. So basically I have my own uh, uh, schedule working and they are very happy. They are very happy with the result uh, because it saves them a lot of time, effort and gives them a lot of uh, accurate data. So, uh, but it, they give feedback to my company. So it was to the point that the, the manager of, you know, my manager who is directly working with them once he was, they were so happy with me then, uh, I understand it saved them a lot of time. So uh, he said he was uh, referring me to as best Amdoc. He just said he said the actual like this best, best, best Amdocs employee ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they told them about me, but that was their feeling about it. Well, that's fantastic. It always feels good when you get the validation that that you're doing a good job. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> Neat. Um, so the the remote work has not been a challenge for you 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 know you stay on task you get your stuff done and 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 it's it works perfectly because you're at home you're with your your husband in austin and and do you have to travel to champagne um ever do you travel at all no uh they asked me to just 
for the reason just wanted to meet me in person. So, and the, I need to do that. My Amdocs agreed to do that once, so basically pay the expenses. So we are waiting for the a month that is the best time, and uh, we don't have a lot of meetings, so I can really hang out with the colleagues over there. Good. Um, and can I ask, like the the OPT and the the visa, what what has happened with that um, with Amdocs? Sure. I uh, when I started working with Amdocs, I requested for the green card, but Amdocs has a lot of international. Uh, employees, which uh, they some of them are an H1, some of them are, are an OPT, so they have limited resources okay. for applying for a green card. It was a little bit challenging for me, but thankfully, when uh, when I got married with Ryan, since Ryan was citizen, I got my green card through Ryan, so that wasn't any problem anymore. Right now, I have my green card, so in September 17, I can turn my citizenship app application which may take about a year or so and after that i won't have any immigration problem hopefully okay so you're going through the naturalization process correct awesome congratulations that's exciting wow um is there anything else that i should have asked you that i haven't Mm. anything else you want to tell us I probably would like uh, to give a piece of advice uh, for the students who are still at the uh, are still doing their studies. So uh, when you are still at the school, you have still the chance to basically uh, extend your knowledge in variable areas to know what is really in the technology being offered. So basically, extend your knowledge uh, horizontally as much as you can and to find out your interests. So then you have during the school and also after the school, you still have the time to go deep on that area that you're interested in. So I really encourage everyone uh, try to uh, horizontally extend your knowledge in the technology. So learn a, a little bit about a lot of different things. And then once you decide what you like, then vertically extend yourself and dig into that specific area or niche. Exactly. Excellent. Uh, Monica, Kyler, John, any questions for Elnaz? Okay. So then Elnaz, I have five quick questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) What is your favorite type of food, favorite restaurant, favorite cuisine? Tell us about that. Of course, vegan food. So I like uh, the vegan burger, Beyond Burger on the grill. That's my favorite food right now. Okay. I'm going to have to try those because I am allergic to beef and pork. And so I can't eat that stuff. I'm going to try the Beyond Burger. I will get one of those for the next time the rest of my family eats hamburgers. Exactly. Make sure to get the grilled version. The Some grilled the- version. Yes. My wife, Annie, might be at the grocery store now. So I'm going to text her and see what she says. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, are there any books? TV, podcast, movies, anything that you found interesting recently or that you've been into um, doesn't have to be tech related or could be? A book, uh, there is one that I'm still reading. It's called Why Do We Sleep? Uh, It changed my opinion, how much our sleeping is really, really important and how much I should avoid uh, coffee. So really? Yes, coffee, and that's uh, the, the doctor who is uh, writing this book. He has done research on sleep for more than 20 years. Okay. And he says uh, coffee is the most consumed drug, that there is no restriction on that. And when you learn how it impacts your body and how your sleep, uh, I actually, I completely put it aside. I'm not drinking coffee at all. Okay. So this is an interesting book. Next question. Um, is there any type of technology um, that you are interested in learning more about or playing with either at home, personally, or at work? Something that's coming up or something that you're interested that caught your eye? Uh, probably mainly still data, although I'm not working on data science, but still my interest is in that area. So anything like uh, AWS or uh, cloud 
anything like that. I, I still do, uh, do sometimes practices with data science, but I not, you know, in an environment like that. Okay. Um, what do you see happening in your career over the next five to 10 years? Uh, over the 10 years, I probably say I would be in the data science because I couldn't remove uh, that from my head. It's still my dream job. Uh, but also, uh, and it's the current role that I am, I like to still improve. I'm, I'm very happy with the company. Probably within, within the next five years, I would still stay with the same company. Uh, two main reasons. I'm enjoying what I'm doing and it's still constant learning. And secondly, uh, working from home. It's not really a COVID-related work from home. I will be always work from home as long as I'm with Amdocs. And it gives me a lot of time, freedom. So, uh, yeah, but within 10 years, I don't think I would be with Amdocs. I would switch to the data. data science. Is, is there a PhD in your future? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> For the data science, because I think I, I believe we, I can study it myself and I don't necessarily need to go to school and get a PhD for that. It is something self, I can self educate myself and there are plenty of courses on courses that I can take too. Awesome. And then lastly, if you could retire today, do anything you want and money was no object, what would you do? Travel over the world. All over the world. Where would you go first? Greece. Greece. Okay. Uh, any specific thing that draws Greece to, to the top of the list? Actually, a lot of Europe companies are uh, countries are like that. Uh, but uh, I like, you know, all those uh, historical uh, places. We have a few of them in Iran too. But during the Persian Empire, uh, Empire so Greece and Persian Empire, basically they were in fight with each other and they were kind of uh, the two big empire in the world. So I know the Persian side, I like to see the opposite side too, the Greece, okay. how they look like during those days. Very, very cool. Well, unless anybody else has anything they want to ask uh, or say, um, Elnaz, this has been really great. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, we've learned a lot here and it's been really good catching up with you. Um, please tell Ryan hello and that uh, I hope he's doing well. And, um, and, and I, guess, I guess that's it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking with you and meeting new people. Yes, it's, it's fun. This is a fun class to do.